Have you ever read a book that resonated with you so deeply that on almost every page you say, yes, amen, absolutely. Well, that was Brave Boundaries, strategies to say no, stand strong, and take control of your time for me. The book is written by Dr. Sasha Shilkut, that's a tongue twister, and meets me right where I am, a recovering people pleaser, a yes woman terrified of letting someone down with the word no, a workaholic who genuinely loves her career but sometimes has trouble pumping the brakes on it. I'm establishing boundaries in my life a little more every day, and this book has taken that effort to the next level. And apparently I'm not alone. Boundaries are a problem for many, especially women, which I talk about with Dr. Shilkut in this great episode. This is Dr. Shilkut's second book, her first, Between Grit and Grace, How to Be Feminine and Formidable, is getting added to part immediately. She is a physician, professor, speaker, and CEO and founder of the organization Brave Enough. She has taught thousands of women, including now me, to achieve work-life control through her many courses and conferences and speaks frequently to leaders and executives on topics like gender equity and professional resilience. This is a conversation that I think will resonate in some way with each and every one of you. Take a listen. Dr. Shilka, welcome to the show. I am so glad you were here with us today. I'm so honored to be here. I'm I'm just super ecstatic to chat with you. Well, and I just told you offline that this book came at the perfect time for me. This is something that I'm working on literally every week in therapy is boundaries. And it's something that we all need to be working on. And the book resonated with me so deeply. I know it will for so many of us, especially for women. This is an especially powerful read for everyone really, but especially if you're a woman, it will make so much sense why so many of us struggle with boundaries because literally, as we were just talking about offline a moment ago, society has kind of conditioned us as women to say yes all the time and, and to avoid no and to always be there for people. So I want to start really granular and basic. I know what boundaries are because I'm actively working on them in my life every day. But for those that might not be familiar, what is a boundary and why are boundaries so important? Great question. And no one should feel bad if they don't know what one is, because I've gone to school for 30 years and no one taught me this. Right, <laughs> so, right, right. So I want to make sure everyone understands that this isn't something that we are actually taught, especially as women. So a boundary is something that allows you to express your own health and wellness needs and keeps your positive and good energy and time protected in your life. Simply put, a boundary allows you to take your priorities and have your calendar match your priorities. Mm. So it just teaches other people where and what we can do with our energy and time. So good. And so Obviously, the um, the answer to the second question is kind of right there. But in your own words, why are they so important? Why do they matter so much? So boundaries are critical for our own health and wellness because they allow us to keep 
our energy intact so that we are not overextending, over-functioning. And we often think boundaries keep the bad out, like they keep toxic people out or they mm-hmm. keep relationships positive. But what we don't recognize is that boundaries keep the good in. They keep mm. whatever is good in your life from becoming this huge monster that may have started out really good. Like maybe it's a work project or a person or a relationship, but now all of a sudden that, that person, that project, whatever it is, demands all of your accessibility and time and your energy. And now all of a sudden this wonderful thing in your life has become something very negative and very unhealthy for you. And that's what a boundary does. I think that's so fascinating. And I hadn't even planned on talking about this, but boundaries, yes, because we, we so often think that we're drawing boundaries around bad things, right? Like too much work that we don't like, but boundaries are important even for things that we love, like our relationships, romantic relationships, even our kids, um, you know, work projects that we love. It's, it's all about keeping it healthy and keeping it good. I think that's so interesting because we so often put a negative connotation with boundaries because we think we have to draw them because it's a bad thing like work or, or whatever, something toxic, but it, it can really also even improve our, our healthy relationships. I think that's, I think that's a really good point. So you write in the book, and I think this is an important point too, that boundaries are extremely personal. So no two people's boundaries are going to be exactly the same. Is that right? It is. And that's oftentimes where we find ourselves in conflict when we go to express our boundaries to others, because we have this really strong boundary in our brain that we may not have told anyone. And we actually may get angry at people for not following our boundaries, but we've never expressed them. And I guarantee you the people in your life that don't understand your boundaries, they don't have that exact boundary that is important to them. So, you know, they're like, why can't you answer email on your vacation? I answer email on my vacation. It doesn't bother me to do it. It actually makes me feel better to answer email on vacation. And you're like, but I don't want to do that. Why isn't this person getting it? So yes, very personal and they're, they're very individualized and that's okay. Yes. And only you can set boundaries for yourself. And I'm sitting here thinking, um, I am so I pre COVID, I would have tested on Myers-Briggs as a total extrovert. Right. But COVID has changed me. And now I actually really do require that recharge time. And I'm probably more of an introvert. And I think that people get, um, they think extroverts are super outgoing and introverts are really shy. That's not necessarily true. It's just all about where you need to, what you need to recharge your batteries and recharge your energy. Extroverts don't need as much time alone as an introvert does. And I am an extra former extrovert, I guess, surrounded by introverts. And so they, they have harder boundaries around their alone time than I do. And that was always kind of a point of contention. My mom is an introvert. My best friends are introverts. I tend to date introverts introverts. And so, um, that's, it doesn't mean it's bad or good. It's so very individualized. And I think, you know, there's no such thing. I think you would agree as a one size fits all boundary. That is absolutely correct. And if you think of it about it, we often expect people to read our minds or to read our day, you know, like we may have a really tough day at work and then we come home and before we've even walked in the door, maybe the people that we do life with that live with us are like, Hey, I need this. Hey, I need that. And we instantly become frustrated because we haven't set a boundary 
because we expect them to know that we've had a really hard day and need like 15 minutes of decompression. So for me, I will literally text if I come home and find myself having like frozen car syndrome where I can't get out of the car in the garage because I don't have the energy to face all the people. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will literally text my group, my family. Um, I need 15 minutes before anyone asks me for anything. I please give me 15 minutes. Like I will set a boundary before I even walk in the door. I love that <laughs> because it, communication is so important, right? It, because if you, we can't, we can't read each other's minds and we're going to get into that in a minute, but I, I really love this part of the book. This is, I think what sets this boundary book apart from any other boundary book there is, is that so much of the book touches on women's struggle in particular around boundaries. I want to quote you to yourself for a moment. I I always find it fun to read authors back to authors, but um, I could never say it better than you wrote it. You say, quote, we as women are taught to fix problems, always show up and not let people down. We are instructed to never say no to tasks or duties asked of us, excuse me, even when we are drowning in work and barely hanging on by a thread. When someone needs us, the expectation is that we will figure it out. We will figure out how to make space for them. That's so true. It's like the box doesn't get any bigger, but we're expected to rearrange things within the box to make it fit. You also write as women, when someone asks us for help, you say yes. And as you write, quote, when men set boundaries, they're respected. When women set boundaries, they're rejected. So yes, to all of that, why are, not that I agree with it, but yes, that is how it is. Why are women classically conditioned almost in our society to struggle with boundaries? Well, we have to understand that we work in a, and live in a very, you know, patriarchal system that has been this way for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And we don't even recognize it that when we're in elementary school, the way that we as young girls get what we need or get attention or get that medal of honor or get that hundred percent is by being obedient and just waiting for someone to take notice. And most of the time, our positive attention comes from volunteering and doing tasks. Yes. So this is like ingrained in us when we're children. And then all of a sudden we let, we get into the workforce and we're like, wait a minute, like, this is how it's going to be. Like, I can't say no, because if I say no, I may not get asked again or I, I have to say yes to unpaid tasks when, why am I getting asked to take the minutes at the meeting? And my male partner sitting next to me is not, why am I being asked to plan a social event because I'm a woman and the men don't have time for that. Like, and we find ourselves doing all these things. And we think that in order to have success, we are taught, we have to be liked and likability for women is very closely paired with saying yes and doing all these tasks. And so it's just part of our, like, you know, everyday activities to say yes to everybody and figure it out and be that team player. And then when we finally get the courage to say no, most of the time we're saying no out of a place of burnout. We're saying no, because we physically or emotionally can't do one more thing. And then we're saying no in the most disempowered state because we're exhausted because we're, we often say, no, I'm sorry. So we act like we're doing something wrong Mm. when in fact society shouldn't have even asked us to do this task in the first place. Right. So we, we have to shift our mindset and it's taken me years to do this. And this is what I teach women. We have to shift the mindset that when someone asks you to do a task, it's a compliment. It is not a like requirement. Look at it as a compliment and go, oh, that's really nice that they think I can do this thing. However, 
it has nothing to do with me saying yes or no. I can say I am totally empowered to say yes or no and say no if it doesn't fit with my time or energy mm. and not apologize. This is, uh, I needed this book probably about 15 years ago, but I'm just glad I found it now. And I am such a consummate people pleaser, such a yes person. And I will tell you that once I did start setting boundaries, once I did start saying no, it does get easier over time. And I want to quote a couple of other things. I feel like, you know, how they say in school, don't over highlight the textbook. Cause then it starts to mean nothing. I feel like I highlighted every word of your book. I was like, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I should have, I should have color coded, highlighted it. Like, yes, this is super important. It's all important. It's all good. But, um, I don't have kids yet, but there is a quote that you put in an epigraph in the book that I've read other places as well. It's a quote by Amy Westervelt from forget having it all. I've heard this quote before, and I know that it resonates with my friends that are moms. It says, we expect women to work like they don't have children and raise children as if they don't work. And then this quote is from you. Our world runs on the backs of women with zero boundaries. I mean, can we get an amen from the back of the church here? Yes. And so finally, also from you, what women need is more boundaries. So you talked a minute ago about burnout. In the book, you're very candid and open about your own breaking point of burnout in 2013. So that's been nearly a decade ago when you finally decided to step into your power and take control of your boundaries, setting in your words, radical life-saving boundaries. So can you talk us through what was going on in your life and what pushed you to finally say, I can't do life like this anymore? Yes. So I, you know, grew up very traditional, like I'm going to go to medical school and then I'm going to become a doctor and all these things. And I'm going to have kids and everything's going to be perfect. And at 2013, everything came to a head. I had four children. I had grants. I had research I was doing. I was working full time and I had basically worked myself to a position of being liked in my job but being completely miserable inside because I had no time for myself. I was completely mm -hmm. unhealthy. I was overweight. I was not, I, I didn't even remember the last time I actually like went to dinner, went to lunch with a friend. I had no life outside of being a mother or being a physician. Those were my to two identities. I had no personal identity and I was so mentally um, discouraged and down and just beaten down that if if I could have escaped all of it, I would have. And it scared me. It scared me because I thought this is what I've worked for all these years to feel this miserable inside and to be this unhappy and, and, and this exhausted all the time. So I spent a year of saying no. And I actually had a board in my office, a whiteboard with listing all the things I was going to say no to. And every time I would say no, I would write it down. And it did two things. It gave me confidence that I could say no, because all the people I said no to, they still liked me. Yeah. <laughs> they st yeah. they still asked me to do more things, right? Because I was a person who got things done. And it also made me realize like, no wonder I am so miserable. Look at all of these things that I actually don't want to do that I've had the courage to say no to this year that have before I would have done and just filled up my time and energy. And I really turned a corner that year and I realized like, this is something I'm going to have to do the rest of my life. The rest of my life as a woman, I'm going to be asked to do things for no money. I'm going to be asked to do things that are not my job. I'm going to be asked to do things 
that maybe I want to do, but I do not have time and energy to do. And this is going to be a lifelong journey of learning how to set boundaries. So, I mean, this has been a decade in the making. I've been working on this for a long time because I still have to set daily boundaries for myself. I still have to find courage. I say, you know, you got to have 20 seconds of brave to set the boundary and say no. Mm -hmm. And I still find myself, Rachel saying, oh my gosh, am I going to be unliked when I say no? And I just have to coach myself through that. And so it's so important that if you're listening right now and you're like, oh gosh, this is me. This is totally me. There is, there is help for you. (laughs) You can do it. You don't have to be a specific personality type and there's nothing. It's not you. It's the system. It's the system that has conditioned us to overfunction, to be liked and to think that that's how we're going to be successful. Yes. And oh my gosh. I mean, just, yes. Like you and I could have like an offline conversation about this for hours probably, but I will say that in my work in therapy on this specific topic, I'm actually going to bring this book to my therapist and say, this is, this is what women in particular need to read about this topic because I guilted myself. It's, it's just one big guilt fest. You know, you feel guilty mm-hmm. for saying no. And then, you know, you wonder if you've let the person it's just, and, it's, and then it just spirals from there, but there are consequences that can come from not setting boundaries. You just talked about in your own life, your burnout and how, just how down you were and and how it was really serious. And I've been there too. So what are some consequences of not setting boundaries for yourself, not just for women, but for anyone? Yeah. So this is a real, I don't know if most people know this, but burnout is an actual diagnosis that involves three symptoms. You don't have to have all three, but They're basically emotional exhaustion, um, disengagement, and cynicism. And it's really unhealthy. So, you know, stressed out people overfunction, and then it leads to burnout and burned out people underfunction. So they withdraw. They don't even have the energy to look somebody in the face in the hallway and smile. They're that person that may have had a lot of energy and good ideas, and now they just barely are showing up. And they're not doing it because they're lazy. They're doing it because they're totally on E. And what happens is we take on numbing behaviors. So these are things like drinking. I mean, certainly I found myself, Rachel, like having wine every night and then having Mm -hmm. two glasses of wine every night, you know, Mm -hmm. just to try to escape my life. And And mine um, is eating. My behavior is eating. Right. So overeating, even if you're not hungry, just trying to numb yourself, right. You may find yourself um, in having broken relationships. I mean, these are proven scientific studies that show what happened to high achieving people when they burn out. They, they either self-harm through all of the things we just said, they develop anxiety, severe anxiety, depression, and suicide is closely linked to burnout. So these are all things that are real, like they are, they're real behaviors. And I see them happening in myself, in my friends. Um, And that's why I think this book is so important because what, when we are burned out, what our typical self-reflection question is, is not, okay, how do I stop doing all of these overcommitments? It is what is wrong with me? Something's wrong with me. Yes. It's me. I'm yes. the problem. And that's not helpful either. So it's really important in the book to, and I want to reemphasize that in the book that I'm. it's not your fault. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person or you're a weak person. If you need boundaries, it probably means you're opposite. You're like the person that other people depend on and you are a person who shows up. And that's why even more so you need boundaries. Exactly. And 
this is so important for me because you write that when you set boundaries, you may be saying no to others, but you're saying yes to yourself. And I think my breaking point was when I realized that I had put everyone else in first place and myself in last place. And I had just so over-sacrificed and given and given and given. And it's just that analogy of my, my tank was completely on E it was empty. It was, I was more than on fumes. I was, the car was dead. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so you, you write that we show up for everyone else, but ourselves. So yes, boundaries are a good thing. We have established that, but why is, and you kind of already have touched on this because set, setting them initially is so uncomfortable and maybe it's, it, and it's not us, like you've said, it's the system, right? So we know, so anybody that's looking to, to read this book and set boundaries as we all should, it's going to be uncomfortable. Spoiler alert. Like it just is. So how can we push through that initial uncomfortableness to start seeing progress? Great question. One of the most, uh, fascinating quotes by Brene Brown to me that it took me forever to figure out what she was talking about was when she says clear is kind. And so a great mind shift is to say, okay, this is going to be super uncomfortable being honest and telling this person no. And I'm an, or telling this person like, Hey, you're texting me and it's at night and I'm not on call. So I'll answer you tomorrow. This is going to be so scary. But what we have to remember is that the more transparent we are with others and the more we set boundaries with others and express our boundaries, we are actually kind. We're being kind to others and we're telling them, I care about you enough to express my boundaries to you, which means I'm a safe person. I'm a psychologically safe person. You can share your boundaries with me. So if I'm doing something that is interrupting your time and energy or I'm draining your time and energy, I want you to tell me. Like it's, right. it's this bi-directional communication and it's the most, you know, transparency is such a kind thing that we can do for others. So find your brave, find those 20, that 20 seconds of courage and express honestly the boundary, you know, it, it, you will be amazed at how much people actually respect you mm -hmm. because you become a person that they can share their boundaries with. Yeah, that's so true is I have found that I have found as I've started to set boundaries as nervous as I was, I've actually found that it has produced more respect. And, um, and then when I do say yes, the yes is even more special, right? Um, yes. but, and we, and we hope right? That everyone in our lives, whether it's at work or at home are going to be just like you and hopefully just like me and respect our boundaries. And they're going to be like, great. I, I hear you. I I'm on board 100%, but we don't live in a perfect world. Right. So the boundaries are also, I mean, we have to acknowledge it's uncomfortable for the one affected by them too. You know, anybody that knew me prior to probably 2017, when I really started working on myself, probably would think I can ask her anything and she'll say yes. Now that's not me anymore. And so that's probably a little bit uncomfortable. I have tons of friendships from when I was young, like a young girl and a teenager. And those friendships have kind of um, had to shift along with me because I'm not the doormat that I was mm -hmm. when I was 15, you know, and that's a good thing. But that also means that our, that friendships are different and relationships are different. Um, you write in the book, you cannot 
expect people who've been receiving the gift of you having zero boundaries with them to react happily when that gift goes away. I mean, that's fair. So you call it in the book boundary backlash. Can you talk to us about that concept? Yes. So this is something that a lot of us face when we finally find the courage to express our boundaries to someone or say no or set a really strong boundary. Maybe it's around email, maybe it's around work effort, maybe it's around whatever it is, your kids. And all of a sudden we expect the person to understand that we have found our courage and many people don't. And so backlash can just feel like a smack in the face. Like, oh my gosh, I knew that was going to be bad. Now this person's ignoring me or they're rejecting me, or maybe they're even aggressive towards me. Most of the time when people act that way, it's because they don't understand your boundary or they're jealous of it. I face mm-hmm. this a lot. Like I will say, you know, I'm not doing this work thing or, and other people will be like, well, how come you can say no? And I'm like, well, you can say no too. <laughs> right. This, <laughs> and is, like, this is available and, to all of us. Yes. And they're like, oh, I, I didn't think I could say no. And so, you know, most people, if they have your good, your intentions, your good intentions in mind, they're going to, they may be confused, but they're going to get there. Some people are not going to understand your boundaries. And especially the people that have none, like the people that think that they have to live and die for their job or their organization, they, that's their issue. And it's not yours, but they're going to reject your boundaries. But the backlash we face often is just jealousy, or it is just unawareness because they don't understand the boundary. You know, so mm-hmm. one thing that I've learned to do is when I'm setting a boundary, especially if it's somebody that I really care about, I have a working relationship. I will say like next week, I'm going on my vacation with my kids and I have been really working on my boundaries on vacation. And so this year I'm removing the email app from my phone. I'm not even going to have Outlook on my phone. So I will not be responding to any emails. I super appreciate you respecting this and encouraging me to be well, right? And (laughs) they're like, oh, and you know what? What you're saying to them is you, I want you to do this when you go on your vacation. I won't be expecting you to answer email. So like, these are the types of kind of conversations that we have to be courageous enough to have with one another. Well, if anybody has boundary backlash, just hand them a copy of this book and they will understand, <laughs> give them 250 pages of this book and they will get it. You know, I have to, I have to drop this in here. I, so speaking of boundaries, um, I struggle with, uh, putting the away message up on email. I actually was just out, um, this past weekend, Thursday, Friday. And then of course it was the long Labor Day weekend because uh, I was moving. So it wasn't, I wasn't on vacation, but I was still, I still had to set some boundaries. And um, I struggle with not checking email when I'm not at work. I think so many of us do. I have to tell you one time um, I got an away message, an auto reply from someone that said, I am on vacation. I am having a lot of drinks right now. Here is a cocktail <laughs> recipe. You make this cocktail. It'll tide you over to wait for me. When I get back, we can discuss if you like the same cocktail I'm drinking on vacation. I was like, God, that's cool. Like who, that cannot, is who awesome. cannot like that? That's pretty amazing. And it was definitely a conversation starter when that person got back to work. I mean, there's ways to make this more fun, right? And I think your, I think your book has so many strategies of how to make this uncomfortable process easier and, and more relatable. And the book is so laden with truth bombs. I, I, like I said, I felt like I was highlighting something on every page. I want to drop in a few of my favorites from the book. 
the more someone resists your boundary, the more it reveals your need for it. That's so true. Also, there is nothing wrong with you. You are exhausted because you are overcommitted. Yes. And I also liked if you don't set your own boundaries, this is so true. Someone else will happily do it for you. Amen. And finally, perhaps my favorite simple three words, boundaries are love. They are They're They're love for the self, first of all, but they're also love for the relationship because you don't want to burn out on the relationship or the job you want to, you want to continue to keep it healthy. Boundaries are love. So what is the most compelling piece of information you learned about boundaries while writing this book? I learned that I'm going to have to have them every day for the rest Mm -hmm. of my life, because For example, every morning I wake up and my brain goes, get your phone, start the to-do list, skip your workout, don't go for a walk. And I have to tell my brain, nope, I have a boundary every morning. I don't pick up my phone. I get a glass of water. I go on a 15 minute walk. This is what I do every day. I have to tell myself this, Rachel, every single morning, even though I've been doing it for years. And so I think that's the biggest thing is that I will tell people it's something you're going to have to do the rest of your life, but you can do it and there's freedom in it. Yes. And there, and there, oh my gosh. And there is, there is so much free. Cause I, my thing is I, if I don't work out in the morning, it's not going to happen. And so I wake up and that's another thing is waking up. My phone is my alarm clock, waking up to the phone with the emails, with the texts, with all of the news, with everything. It's just probably, I need to get an old school alarm clock because it's just not a healthy way to wake up. Then you get distracted and then I never want to go do the workout and then I don't. And so it's just, it's so, it's just so critical. And it is, it's not something, this book really helps, but you're not going to read your book and be magically quote unquote cured and, and have it all. I mean, if you, the author of the book are saying this to us, then (laughs) we all, that says everything, but, um, there is a boundary inventory in the book, which is really good. And it's not just about professional or workplace boundaries, but it's also, of course, about personal boundaries at home as well. So you write that we need fierce boundaries in our homes, not just our workplaces, because I I think that we think of boundaries so much about work, but um, we need them. We need them, like I've said, in our in our homes and in our personal relationships as well. So why why are boundaries at home so important? Well, you know, our home should really be the place that we get replenished, refueled. And oftentimes for us as women, that's not the case. You know, we go home and we do the second shift. I talk about the book yes, and we don't, because we don't have any space in our house that is just our own, or we don't have boundaries to where we can tell our kids or our partner, like I need an hour by myself tonight, or I am taking this Friday night alone. I need to be away from all of you. I love all of you. I need that time away we don't actually have the courage to say these to the people who love us the most. Right. And we have this like kind of myth that has perpetuated among women, specifically, I think mothers that like the martyr mother is the best mother, the mother who is always available, always there for my kids. That mother is like something that we put up on a pedestal and we all strive to be that mother is burned out. Yeah. That mother is bitter. That mother is not healthy. Yes. So let's stop the martyrdom and let's say, you know what? I actually want 
to be a mom that demonstrates boundaries for my kids because yes. I want my kids to have boundaries. I oh, want yes, them to be like, true. yes, you know what, mom, uh, my friends asked me to go to the game tonight, but I'm super tired and I don't know what to say. I just had this conversation with my daughter the other day. I said, you know what you say? You say exactly that. Like, I love all of you. Thank you for inviting me, but I'm super tired. I'm staying home. And I said, and then when your friend tells that to you, you respect her for it, right? Yes. Like we want to be people that demonstrate boundaries are okay to express to the people closest to us. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's so true. Model the way teach, especially us women teaching our daughters how to, how to be treated and, and the boundaries to set for ourselves. Cause it's such because society is going to counter that. Right. And tell you mm-hmm. that no, that's not that you should always say yes, but within the home, we have the power to teach a different way. That's so powerful. I could literally talk to you for the rest of the day. I want to be respectful of your boundaries, your time. (laughs) But my last question for you is what do you hope readers ultimately get out of the book? I hope that readers figure out that it is okay. They have permission to say no and set boundaries in their life. And that after reading this book, they have identified one or two areas in their life that desperately need boundaries. They have the courage to set them and that they, they're, that 2022, 2023 is a better year for them for their own personal well-being because they've learned to set boundaries. Well, this book is a great place to start. The world collectively and all of our lives individually would be a better place with more boundaries. I can speak to that in my own life. It has been a remarkable shift in my life and in my happiness, honestly. The book is so good. It's so needed. It's called Brave Boundaries, Strategies to Say No, Stand Strong, and Take Control of Your Time. It's out today, September 6th. Thank you so much for being here today beyond just such a needed conversation. Thank you for having me. So, so good. And as I said, Brave Boundaries is out now and absolutely worth a place in your stack of books on your bedside table. We've got a great conversation coming up next week about belonging and how important it is to our human experience. That is just one of the many interesting conversations headed your way in the coming weeks. I'm so excited for you to take a listen to the conversations I've been having. Thank you as always for being here. Talk soon.